0: The Supreme Court today took another stab at what has proved to be a tricky subject. The extent to which politicians may use race as a factor when they draw the lines for voting districts. The court unanimously revived a challenge by black Virginia voters to 11 state house districts drawn by Republicans. The justices told a lower court to reconsider the districts using a tougher legal test. The districts are designed to have a voting age population of at least 55% black. Republicans say they were trying to comply with the 1965 Voting Rights Act and its protections for racial minorities. Democrats say the goal was to dilute minority voting clout and preserve the power of neighboring white Republicans. With us to discuss the new ruling and the many nuances I probably glossed over is Nate Persley, a professor at Stanford University Law School and an election law expert. Nate, um, Justice Kennedy, uh, w- welcome, uh, Justice Kennedy wrote the court's opinion today. W- what specifically did he say the lower court did wrong in in upholding these districts?
1: Well, what he said was that the Voting Rights Act may uh, require the uh, consideration of race, uh, but that uh, sometimes a state can go too far. And uh, he remanded to the lower – the court remanded to the lower court to figure out whether in, in uh, uh, 11 of these districts, uh, the state nevertheless uh, used race more than is required under the Voting Rights Act. And in particular, uh, what the court had said below is that, look, uh, these districts were relatively square. They were, they were not as misshapen as a, kind of your average gerrymandered district. Uh, And so therefore, I don't have to think about whether race was the predominant factor in the construction of these districts. And the court said, no, 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 you still have to think about it, even if it doesn't look like they violated traditional districting principles, you have to ask the question whether the reason that they were drawn was to create majority-minority districts. Nate, is this ruling a victory for Democrats who formed a group, the National Democratic Redistricting Committee, to tackle their disadvantage in gerrymandered districts? I mean, it is a victory, but it's not a complete victory. I think that they, you know, would have liked the Supreme Court to really decide the issue instead of remanding to the lower courts. And so this case will come right back up to them, uh, when, and they will have nine justices at that point and maybe there will be a different outcome. I think right now this is in some ways a kind of placeholder decision which is giving the district court time to focus on the question as to the role of, that race played in the construction of these districts. And uh, the court really didn't wrestle with what is one of the thorniest issues here, which is sort of the collision between provisions of the Voting Rights Act that require the use of race and uh, the provisions of the Constitution that say sometimes you could use race too much in the construction of a district.
0: Nate, I think that probably brings us to the separate opinions written by Justices Thomas and Alito. Uh, they would have, would have gone further. They they agreed with sending the case back to the lower court, but they uh, would have made the the state meet it the test of strict scrutiny and even tougher test than, than, than I think was articulated by Justice Kennedy. They're the most conservative justices on the court. So what, what's going on there when they're the ones that say that the, the Republicans who drew the lines have to uh, do more to justify uh, the way they did that?
1: And, and that's what I was saying before about how the there is this sort of collision course between the Voting Rights Act and um, the the Constitution here. And so let me me recount this from the standpoint of someone who's drawn districts, as I've done uh, many times for many states, which is that as you are drawing these districts, you have to think about uh, what the Voting Rights Act requires, and you have to make sure you do not dilute the minority population. So you aggressively uh, think about what it's going to take for minority populations to elect their candidates of choice. That's the words in the statute. At the same time that you're making sure you don't dilute the the minority vote, either by packing them into too few districts or spreading them among too many, you have to worry about what the Supreme Court has said the Constitution says, which is that uh, the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment prevents you from using race as the predominant factor. And so... Uh, what the the more conservative justices are hinting at is that you know they are going to apply strict scrutiny whenever race is uh, uh, being used in the construction of these districts, and for the most part, that means that these districts are going to fall, that they're going to be unconstitutional. For the majority, they try to step around this issue and they remand on some significant questions dealing with the role that race played in this process.
0: Is this ultimately going in a direction where we're going to have a challenge to the Voting Rights Act itself, Nate? We only have about 30 seconds left here.
1: Well, as you know, the Supreme Court did strike down Section 5 of the Voting Rights Act in this case, Shelby County versus Holder, a while ago. In some ways, this redistricting plan is a kind of residual effect of the previous incarnation of the Voting Rights Act. But I think it's possible over the long term that uh, some of the justices will have uh, skepticism over the other provisions of the Voting Rights Act, namely Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act. And, And in many ways, we'll probably see that in the next redistricting cycle.
0: We, we will look for that. I want to thank Nate Persily of Stanford University Law School talking about the Supreme Court's uh, voting district decision today.